in the words of Omawali Malcolm X, to educate a man is to educate an individual. To educate a woman is to educate and liberate a nation. In celebration of International Women's Day, African Queens, a 10-part series honoring our ancestors through their shared stories, empowering and educating through history. We celebrate the lives of these powerful sheroes, including Nani of the Maroons, Kandaki, Mbuyo Nahanda, Ya Esantiwa, Queen Nandi, Empress Menen, and many more. African Queens. Welcome to African Queens. My name is Vanessa Melody Smith, and I'm a singer, performer, I'm a therapist, and also a supporting actor. We are taught in life that we've got to be strong, especially as black women. We've got to be strong, we've got to hold it together. And I admire that about us, but it's that vulnerability that I like to be able to express as well. So when I found out that Ya Asantua was a farmer, a very skilled farmer, I thought she must have been very much in touch with nature. There must have been that gentle side to her, you know, caring for not just her children, but also plants. And that kind of appealed to me and how she would actually use those skills as a farmer to be able to do the great and wonderful things she did as a strong black African queen. Salute to Queen Ya Asantowa, 17th of October, 1840 to 17th of October, 1921. We thank her for her leadership and protection of the royal and divine throne of the Asante people. Ya Asantowa was born in 1840. We don't have the exact dates. And she died in 1921. As I said before, she was a farmer, she was a mother. She was also an intellect, a politician, a human rights activist, and the queen mother of the ruling king at the time, Nana Prempe. She was elected queen mother for Nana Prempe by her brother. He was the only sibling that she had, and he appointed her as the queen mother. So she fulfilled that role as an advisor for the king and also with her political duties. She was very influential within the empire, the Ghanaian empire at the time. So what happened was that the king was taken into exile by the British and sent to the seashells. And the men from Ghana, they were troubled by this and fearful and they became afraid and didn't want to stand up for the empire and as queen mother nana asantewa she just stood in her role basically and said as queen mother she was going to stand up and if the men felt that they could not do the job of going to defend their territory and that their king brought back to ghana then she would take women basically into battle to defend their territory. Four wars in 50 years. We, the Ashanti, have fought against the British and their allies, and we have been victorious. We have maintained our borders, resisted colonial rule, and preserved our culture. The invaders have returned yet again with grave naivety, with no comprehension the enormity of their demand. It would appear that psychological warfare is their weapon to overthrow us, to take ownership of that which is precious, sacred, revered. 
So basically that's what she was known for. And although she did not win the war, and this was very, I think, poignant point, she was able to maintain the golden stool. The golden stool represented the soul of the Ashanti kingdom. So the story of the golden stool is that there were certain territories within the Ashanti kingdom that came together as one, and a confederacy was formed by a man named Okomfo Okonye. And what happened was he wanted some divine intervention as to who should be chosen as the king as this new formed empire. And so he performed a divination, a ritual. And what was said is that from the skies, there came this golden stool. And the golden stool then rested upon the lap of Osei Tutu. And that was a sign that he should become the king of the empire. So that was like a divine sign that was given. In 1701, Osei Tutu pronounced himself the Asantehini, which means the paramount king. His acceptance of the golden stool from the priest Okomfo Anoche meant that right from the start, this became synonymous with the Asante kingdom. The golden stool is so important to the Asante, they believe if it's ever captured or destroyed, then the Asante kingdom will disintegrate. So this stool now represents the whole of the Ashanti kingdom, and it's like the soul of the people, the past, the present, and the future. It's so revered that it sits upon its own stool. That's how important it is to the people of the Ashanti kingdom. So what happened was the British and their allies captured the king, the Ashanti king, and exiled him to the Seychelles. And they demanded that they be given the golden stool, which was just an outrageous request, basically. They have captured and imprisoned Nana Pempre and expect us to relinquish the golden stool. It would appear that these actions have cast a shadow over you. Strong and capable Ashanti men sit before me. Do I sense defeat? Have you already surrendered that which embodies the soul of Ashanti? That which not even our own Ashantiinis would consider to sit upon? You will allow the white man to defile? Have you forgotten how we became a great kingdom? Ashanti means because of war. Now listen. Two centuries ago, communities divided because of war were united harmoniously into one kingdom. Now I am elected queen mother and keeper of the golden stool. I may be 65 in years, but I am strong. The spirit of the ancestors flow with increased heat through my veins, and I am ready to carry out my duties. Now if you, as men, choose not to gird your loins and take up your weapons, I will lead bold and courageous women into battle to defend the survival 
of our kingdom. And that's the story. So she arranged for the stool to be hidden in a forest, way down deep in a forest. And the battle did go ahead, the Ya'asantewe battle, or the Battle of the Golden Stool, as it's also known. And the Ashanti kingdom, they did lose the war, but what is important is that the stool was never found by the British. It was never taken over. So many years later, it was found way down in the forest. Parts of it were stolen, you know, bits of the trinkets that were on the stool, and the men were sentenced to imprisonment for doing that. But the stool was retained, and the Ghanaians, they maintained their culture, basically, which was the big story that comes from that. Although they lost the war, they were able to maintain their culture to this day. We're at the University of Pennsylvania Museum of Archaeology and Anthropology talking about the golden stool. We're actually going to be looking at several different objects to make sense of this very important object that we don't have in a collection. It still exists in the Ashanti Nation in Ghana. When called upon to do something, there's no questions, there's no argument. You just step into the role. You use the skills and gifts that you have to be able to do that. And it doesn't matter if it's a man's role. It's not specific to gender. When something has to be done, something within you compels you to do it. And that's what kind of drew me to Yata Santewa. She did what she needed to do when it was needed to be done. She was exiled in the end and died in the Seychelles. But I think three years after she died, her body was returned to Ghana and she was given a proper funeral. So she's still held quite highly in Ghana today. There are celebrations in her memory. There's a school also that's named after her in Ghana. The women really love her and what she stood for. And she's held in high esteem. Take note to this song. Listen. Shall Warrior Queen, the Ashanti Kingdom, Fought the British when the man them didn't Our history forgets we queens like They do have queen mothers throughout history. So she's one of the ones that is held in high esteem because she was able to stop the British from taking over the golden stool, sitting on it, because they don't even sit on the stool themselves. British governor said, and I'm reading here from a record of what happened, he said, where is the golden stool? I am the representative of the paramount power. Why have you relegated me to this ordinary chair? Why did you not take the opportunity of my coming to bring the golden stool for me to sit upon? I think it is important that we celebrate in particular black heroes, sheroes, because of the narrative that is out there about people of African descent, and I can say for myself personally, not being grown to know the good things that we have done as a people, it does have an impact on the way that you see yourself and how others see you in the world. So having this information being shared and seeing that the person looks like you, it just lifts that spirit, it builds self-esteem. There's that connection and it allows you to see that you can be basically anything that you want to be in this world, regardless of what people think of you. What do you think we can do to make sure that these stories are more widely heard? 
to share these stories in whatever way you see fit so that as wide as audience as possible. So that involves schools. We've had a great feedback from this as well. And a lot of people have said this needs to be shared in educational establishments from very young ages so that it's there, it's instilled in people's minds. So when we're seeing the narratives that is shown sometimes on in the media and on the news, there's another story that's been shown to balance things. Lots more of this is needed. Lots more of this is needed for everyone from all cultures. You know, it doesn't matter. Had you heard any of the history of any of these queens before you heard about Christelle's project? I had heard the names of some of these queens, but I didn't know any information other than that about them, that they might have been a warrior or they were a leader or they were a queen mother. But to the details of why they were so important, I didn't know. So that was something that was new to me once I did the research. And I think if you dig deep enough, you can find it. But it is that you need to dig and probably speak to the right people, find the right books, because the information is actually out there. I think that especially people of colour who have been born in Western countries, I think that regular trips to Africa would be really good because I think the Africans that live on the continent, they know these stories, they're aware of it. And I just think maybe we just need to visit more and speak to those people. <laughs> they're amazing stories and they have to be passed down. But like I said, particularly for those of us that have been born in the Western countries in this diaspora, we more than anyone else, I think, need to hear these stories so that we can aspire to be who we're actually meant to be. I think we'll be living below our greatness because we don't know these stories. Now, you did an absolutely incredible monologue. How did you go about just putting that together? And can you just tell us a little bit about it? It is just absolutely incredible. My gosh, the monologue, it was a process. We had a wonderful team, actually, that was helping us, supporting us to be able to create masterpieces that we all created and there was a gentleman called Patrice and he was the facilitator for the writing so basically he just made us go away and do the research and we wrote everything he didn't give us any limits no time or anything <laughs> and then once we'd done that we'd done the research and wrote down then we were told we need to knock it back to four minutes and we were like oh my god how are we gonna do this but he pulled us he stretched us he supported us and he just drew out of us skills that we didn't even know we had. And we found the ability to do that through writing, through singing, through movement, through hearing the sound of the drum. And that all helped to open us up to be able to write the monologue and be able to deliver it in the way that we did. It was an amazing experience. We didn't really realize that it was gonna be so much work, <laughs> but it paid off and we just threw ourselves in and enjoyed every minute of it. And we supported each other as well as women through the process. African Queens is produced by Sound Women Southwest Network in collaboration with Rosanna Africa, 